0: You're back again with David with for another episode of Radcast Outdoors. I'm pretty excited. This week we have Joe Bartlett with Blue Creek Outdoors. He's going to come in the studio. We're going to chat. Joe and I uh, got acquainted, and he came and actually filmed the sheep hunt for Bow Spider. So he's going to come in. We're going to just chat about hunting and family and filming and what he's trying to create with Blue Creek Outdoors. You can get on and check out his social media. It's Blue Creek Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, Relive the Dream. So he wants to help others cement their trip in footage that will be passed down generation to generation.
1: This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you in part by... PK lures. PK lures make some of the best fishing lures on the market. Their high quality lures shine when others don't by helping you put fish in the boat or on the ice consistently. I've been using PK lures successfully now for over 12 years and I can personally attest to their effectiveness. When I'm ice fishing you can bet that I have a PK red dot glow jigging spoon or a fire tiger glow jigging spoon tied on one of my rods. They've helped me catch many high quality fish of various species from season to season. My favorite hard water lures are the PK spoon. PK Flutterfish, and Tungsten Predator. For open water, I love the PK Spinajig, PK Dakota Disc, and the Next Generation PK Ridgeline Crankbait. This past season I was introduced to the PK Wobbler which is also a really effective fish catching machine from the boat. They also have some incredible videos on their website pklure.com to show you exactly how to use these wonderful lures. So if you want to have a little more success out on the water and you want to help support a great company please go to pklure.com again that's pklure.com and get your PK lures today and please tell them that the Radcast Outdoors podcast sent you.
0: Fish on. Hey, Radcast is on. Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. From the Porter's 10Cast Studio, here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radcast. We're back in the studio. We could be fishing, we could be hunting, but we're here creating some content for you to listen to. Now while I've got you for just one second, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor. Patrick, do you know who our newest sponsor is? PK Lures. Yes, it is. I'm pretty excited to have them on board. We're gonna go do a little ice fishing and get, get a couple more rainbows caught.
1: You know, if we had been out on the ice last night, I think we would have flown. I saw that there were Hundred Ten winds, Hundred and ten up at Atlantic City, hundred and nine at FE Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne. It was a windy day yesterday in Wyoming.
0: Uh, you know, we're we're working on a new studio and Bow Spider warehouse. Some of the Tyvek decided to go to a different county <laughs> yesterday. So nothing. I, can't I can imagine do about why, it. you know, just a little bit of wind. Yeah, so we are going to get out and do some ice fishing with PK Lures. We're glad to have them on board. So when you get a second, go check out PK's website. It'll be in the show notes. You can link right over there. Give our sponsor some love. Now, uh, we'll get right into it. I'm pretty excited. We have Joe Bartlett in the studio, and Joe Bartlett is with Blue Creek Outdoors. Joe, say hello and welcome. How are you guys
2: doing? I'm excited to be here. It's good to see you, Joe. You as well. You as well.
0: So for for the listeners that don't know, I uh, I twisted Joe's arm this fall, and I, I called him up. I don't know how hard I had to twist, but I said, "Hey, <laughs> zero twisting." <laughs> I need a cameraman for a sheep hunt, and uh, can you go? And it was pretty last minute. I it wasn't it wasn't like twenty four hour notice, but it was it was like a month or two. Yeah, it? yeah, it was a few weeks. It was like, hey, can you get these days off? And I need two weeks of your time. And Joe stepped up the plate <laughs> and said, "Are you joking?" I'm like, "No, let's go."
2: Yeah, fit into exactly what I'm trying to do with a lot of stuff, and August hasn't been pretty busy so far, so it worked out perfectly. You got to go to yeah. one of the prettiest places on the planet. Yeah, that was epic. <laughs> that was that was definitely one of the coolest places I've ever been.
0: So, I mean, as as our listeners, and give some backstory on old Joe. Here is, you know, what we want to get to Blue Creek Outdoors eventually, right? Yeah. But yeah. I want to start. You know, you're you're now not a, a Wyoming boy, and we won't hold that against you because. <laughs> You know, let's hear it. Where, where'd you start out? Well, I grew up in Dubois. My
2: parents moved there when I was a baby and I lived there and graduated high school there and went to college in Montana after that and haven't really came back since then. But definitely a great place to grow up and get out into the outdoors and grow up doing things up there. So the wild, wild west. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was.
0: <laughs> well, we had a little rivalry out there in the woods. You know, I'm a wrestler and, and Joe's, Joe's a little more into the football. So, but he, he kept up with me toe-to-toe, step-for-step the whole trip, <laughs> never complained. So I, I'll give it to you, football There boys. was some
2: internal complaining going on. Uh, I'm sure there was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you grew up in Dubois? Yep. Hunting, fishing? Hunting,
2: fishing, playing sports, that kind of stuff. I uh, played football in college, so I kind of took out some falls for a few years, but after that, got to work and... Got back into it. So. Where'd you go to college at? Uh, Rocky Mountain in Billings. Oh,
1: cool. So, yeah, good deal. Mm-hmm. So, football player, what position did you play?
2: I played corner
1: in
0: college, so. So you're fast.
2: I uh, well, <laughs>
1: maybe. I'm, I'm not going into bear country with you.
2: You'll outrun me. No, I, I might not be the last one in line anyways.
0: <laughs> Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> yeah. So you left, Uh, you, you went to college, got a degree. Yep. You still love hunting and fishing all the way through?
2: Yeah, for sure. That was like the main drawback of being so busy in the falls was only getting the last couple weeks of the season to go out and do things. So
0: once I started teaching,
2: I taught third grade for four years. And uh, the the first job I had, first two years I taught was actually a four-day school week. So got to have those three days every single weekend of being out and about. So that was pretty cool.
0: Which, you know, not not to dog on any of our teachers out there. I love teachers. But, you know, if you were to put a line up in a wall and and say, pick the teacher out, you're, you're just not... Joe, you don't look to me like a middle school teacher.
2: <laughs> I got that quite a bit, especially with the younger kids. They uh, a lot of people are pretty surprised that I liked the third graders so much. So
1: it's a fun group. You got to have a lot of energy. I remember yeah. substitute teaching in college, and man, those kids wore me out.
2: Yeah, it's it's cool because the third graders they like coming to school every day. They're excited to be here. They want to work hard. They don't quite have an <laughs> attitude yet. But you're right. It's like we got to have a few things to do today. So oh man, you
0: haven't met my second grader. <laughs> <laughs> At least my end. I don't. Of what I see of putting him on the bus every morning
1: it's different with mom and dad you see they give us all the grief then they go and they're good for their teachers yeah
0: see but we homeschool our kids Mm. and so we get the
1: grief all the time yeah I don't even get a break
0: (laughs) (laughs) well at least they can't complain I don't want to go to school today because like well you're already here so (laughs) you could either go do chores or do homework take your pick
1: (laughs) people are like how has COVID affected your schooling and they're like oh yeah never mind (laughs) It, it hasn't affected
2: anything. No finishing up last year on 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 FaceTime and Zoom and stuff like that that was tough. That was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done teaching because it was not fun. No. It was hard to make it fun for kids and for teachers and everything. And everyone just wanted it to be over. So I think moving forward this year, they had a better plan. But yeah, yeah that's no, tough.
0: that online stuff. I The only thing I, I guess I not to segue too far is my kid, you know, the programs did allow him to excel at his pace. Mm-hmm. So he was being challenged a little mm-hmm. more. But with what they're assigning, he was done with it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, what am I going to do with this kid till Friday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's all done with his assignments. Yeah. And that was a transition we had to
2: make pretty quick from being Ready to come, because I was, we were looking for wolf tracks one Sunday, me and another buddy of ours, we were just heading back to town, because tomorrow was work, school, Monday and everything, and we found out when we hit phone service that night, that school was canceled, and uh, we had, we didn't have to do anything that week, but we basically had a week to figure out how we were going to pull off the rest of the year online only, and that was, that was a big, big challenge, because like you said, some kids were on Monday calling me on my cell phone for more work, and other kids were not turning anything in, not even logging on, for so it was, six,
0: a, w- nine. 10 was, weeks.
2: Yeah. It was a, it was a struggle. I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> so you've, you've walked away from the teaching, yep. right? Yep. And, and what, what's the new plan? Why, why are you in my studio today? Well, so three years ago, I uh, just started Blue
2: Creek Outdoors, got the business license and everything with this idea in my brain that I was going to start filming hunts. And it kind of is morphed into some things that maybe I didn't know what I was thinking at the beginning, I guess, but, um, now target, customer for me is somebody who's going on a a once-in-a-lifetime hunt or even if it's a a kid's first hunt or maybe maybe someone in the family's getting a little bit older and it's going to go out and we want to maybe have it on film to kind of have at the house for... Forever after that, so my my target consumer is somebody that wants something on film, no matter what it is, just because it'll be special to have at the house and be able to watch it for years to come. So,
0: um, that's been so. So lead me into it. Was it was it kind of like, hey, I like filming, I like hunting, let's make a job out of this, or yeah, okay. It was like I'm gonna buy a camera, which at the
2: time I realized was not a great camera, and I'm gonna go do this, and we're gonna find out what is not being done very well, and get better on the next one. So my friend and I bought this camera in the spring of 2018, we were going to, we took 10 days. We're going to go film a bear hunt in in Montana and we did it. And uh, we said, no matter what happens, we're putting it on YouTube. I kind of wish we hadn't said that before because <laughs> it's awful and it's garbage but every time we look we're getting a little bit cocky we go back and we watch that video just to make sure we can <laughs> remember uh, where we came from so you know the podcasting world is the same way if you listen to episode <laughs> one of Radcast outdoors
1: versus episodes now, versus now. it's changed yeah. a whole I know. bunch i, I, yeah. I resemble that remark i know yeah. i know <laughs> but it's kind of fun actually when you go back and you look at either youtube channels that you like or podcasts that you like mm-hmm. and you look at the early stuff yeah and then you
2: see what they're putting out now. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I had someone difference. tell me the other day, like a two, last week or the week before, someone and I were talking, they were like, hey, uh, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> but your videos are getting a lot better. <laughs> I love when people say that. Yeah. Yeah. And so last school year, I actually, before the COVID he didn't even think did, I resigned in January. Cause I knew that for this coming year, I had too many things booked to be able to, to pull off both. So I was using vacation time to do it. And I just figured, well, here's what I'll do. I'll try to get as much filming work as I can and I'll substitute to fill in the gaps. So that's what I've been doing. Just kind of flip the roles a little bit. And it's, it was a pretty good year last year. So
1: that's good. So what's your favorite? I mean, you're, you're doing hunting. Do you do any fishing? Have you done much fishing?
2: Yeah. Well, so I'm not a, a super experienced fisherman myself, but I've been filming with a guide up on Flathead Lake. We've okay. got, we, yeah. we actually just did that last Thursday. I filmed with him. I put together a video with him last summer and uh, it's been going really well. I've been learning a lot, which was kind of why I was interested in doing it as well. So, and it's beneficial for both parties. You know, we get a YouTube mm-hmm. video and he gets some advertising and we have a great day out of it. So it's oh, yeah. been really cool. So I've been kind of wanting to expand into the fishing a little bit more just so I, cause I've never been more so than just uh throwing a panther martin in the water i guess i'm not that experienced yeah. or knowledgeable so
1: well when you grow up in dubois you got the trail lakes and yeah you know you you throw Panther Martins and you do, you know, yeah. the basic trout things. But once you expand out of there, there's so many other things, right? Mm-hmm. You've got muskie fishing, you've got bass fishing, walleye exactly. fishing.
2: I used to work for an outfitter in high school for a couple of years. And we'd take people up into some of those high lakes to fish. And some of those guys were real, real serious about catching grayling or whatever. And we, we'd get there and they'd be like, hey, what do I do? I'm like, dude, my job is to get you here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Sorry, but. You're like,
1: I'm just getting you to the spot. The research part beforehand was on you you yeah, and what yeah. you should throw. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Well, that's, that's cool, though. I mean, that you're
2: making your passion into a career. Trying to, anyways. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing was, it was like... My wife and I kind of talked and it was like, I, at the end of the day, this sounds kind of crappy, I guess, for me to say, but at the end of the day, I found myself at school daydreaming about being Mm -hmm. out in the woods. So, um, which was a kind of a disservice to everybody involved.
1: Well, here's the thing. You get one shot at life. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, is that a horrible thing? No, maybe it's just a realization that that's something that you needed to do.
2: Yeah. And that was at the end of the day, my wife and I, before we, uh, before I actually resigned, it was like, I just don't want to be 50 wishing I would have tried. Sure. So if I have to go back to teaching, that's, that's not a bad day for me either so all right um, we're gonna give it a shot
1: well and you'll pick up some really cool experience along the way i mean you went with david on an epic trip yeah that'll that be one of my favorite hunting you'll murders. never forget that
2: yeah and one thing i kind of realized that i don't know if i told you david this or not but when we were approaching that sheep that doll sheep on the ground it, it kind of hit me that i don't even need to be a, a trigger puller to be honest with you i i'd like to see all seven continents and all 50 states and turn over every stone once but it, it i'd Kind of realized in that moment that it doesn't need to be me, the actual hunter, but I do want to be there, you know? So it was sure. just, it, it was equally as special for me to do that. So,
0: and, I mean, there, there's two thoughts I have back to the quitting the business and going after your dream, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean, quitting the business is as, as far as this is the routine, this is safe. I'm going to go out of my comfort zone and I'm going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And we all looked at mm-hmm. whatever this is from the other side and we all glorify it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be so great, it's yeah. gonna be so wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, Bo Spider, there's days that you, you can have it, right? It's it's work, there's mm-hmm. stuff to be done. But I get I have to check myself occasionally and go back to, you know, I'm recovering oil field trash. We let's not let's not publicize that too much. <laughs> but you know, I, I have had a job, I have had to mm-hmm. work and there's still days that I have to work in my new job, mm-hmm. but I'm so thankful to get to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. Right. I really do do there's passion and drive. And so for listeners out there, if there's something in the back of your mind, maybe you want to be a singer, maybe you want to be a professional archer, maybe you want to go fish the globe. I don't know what it is, but whatever's holding you back is you. Now there's going to be, there's going to be a ton of hurdles between here and there. I'm sure you're still going over them, right? But you're, you got both feet planted in, I'm going to go do this adventure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that mindset of, if I have to go back, and I've I've got the same mindset. I've talked to my wife a couple times, like, worst case scenario, if this fails, I go back to the oil field, mm-hmm. I go start, I find my hard hat and my steel-toed boots, and I knock on doors till I get a job. That that was thought one, and then thought two about trigger pullers. I, I was there, I packed a firearm, I mm-hmm. packed a bow, yep. but I didn't punch a tag. Mm-hmm. And that hunt that we went on is, by far, I mean, it's not top 10, it's not top five, it's top one or two in yeah, my life. Yeah,
2: that'll be tough for me to beat as well, just because it was the first time being there and things like that. I can't imagine something, I can imagine some things maybe equal to that, but that was, that'll forever hold a special place in my heart, that trip will, so.
0: And we've talked about it. Part of the reason is, and I mean, there's so many layers to this facet of, and I don't want to just get hung up on doll sheep hunting in Alaska in the Brooks Range, but we do have to bring up, part of it is just the landscape, just yeah. the travel to get there. What
2: we did to get where we were. <laughs> I mean,
0: most people have gone on their hunt and gone home before we even got to where we were going. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. To to start. So you've got this, you know, and I I think about, there's a book that Teddy Roosevelt put out. It's called African Game Trails. Mm. And it him and his son, Kermit, who Kermit the Frog is named after, spent 18 months after he, you know, left the presidency. He got on a steamship, went over to Africa... And they went across the continent with port, like 200 porters and caravans and yeah. on foot and shot everything for the Smithsonian. Some of, those, some of those old
2: books like Hemingway and Patterson and stuff are some of my favorite ones to read because they were just on these excursions that lasted for weeks in I mean, Africa. And could, I'm just like, man. My <laughs> Africa excursion
0: was was 12 days. Yeah, right? I'll be
2: there for seven days in June. And I'm sure it'll be awesome and super cool, but I just keep thinking about what would it have been like to be able to go to that continent and be there for weeks and right.
1: weeks and weeks. <laughs> Well, and I think about, you know, your trip to the Brooks Range, you guys are packing everything. Mm -hmm. It's it's horrible terrain as far as walking is concerned. Yeah, it was awful. (laughs) And and so getting to where you were was quite difficult, and I'm sure it was quite the experience for you.
2: The climb in was pretty rough just because I had my camp, food, three cameras, batteries, stuff like that, and then... Lightened up a little bit when we got to the place we were going to stay for a few days, but mm-hmm. and it was not too bad from there actually. But that walk out with the with the ram, that was because I had two quarters plus because I had eaten enough food to make up room for it, and then you had the cape and two quarters, and your dad had the the horns itself. But when I got home that that day, my wife saw my feet and she was like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to your body?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
0: it's kind of we we we. We discussed this a little bit and it's kind of like hell week for football. Yeah. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or the first day or two for two weeks straight. Yeah. Plus you don't get any food. Yeah. Plus,
2: <laughs> and the weird thing about it, people think I'm crazy because I've said this to a couple of people. It's like, I'm kind of glad it sucks <laughs> in a way that I think it just adds a depth to what you did. Sure. If it, I'm glad it hurt. I'm glad it was long days. I'm glad there was days I didn't want to be there, you know? Cause at the end of the trip, it just makes that so much more memorable and it makes you feel a little bit more pride for actually accomplishing it. You know, I I like going out and hunting antelope just as much as the next guy, but I'm, it's not quite as much of a physical toll (laughs) to Mm -hmm. to say least. And it's a, it's a fun thing. It's a special thing, but. I don't remember sitting around talking about my last antelope that I shot because it didn't take me very long. And so I don't sit around talking about that with people. Everyone that knows me that knows I went to Alaska on that trip and they've seen the pictures and stuff, That's people ask me about that almost on a weekly basis. It just makes it that much more special.
0: And I would, I would go out far to say that, you know, I just got, I did a Missouri whitetail trip after that. We just talked about it. But it was opening day. I shot a great buck. I mean, mm. a buck everybody would be happy with. And, you know, I'd committed and carpooled and, Got over there with these other guys. So I turned into cameraman for four days and Mm. it was awesome to be successful and have gotten one. But then it was kind of like, well, now what do I do for four days? Because my goal was to go shoot a big buck. It wasn't to go be part of the experience. It just, that's when Mm. I set out, you have to set out goals. On the sheep hunt, the goal was I just wanted to go film an epic hunt. If we got a sheep, great. If we didn't, oh well. Mm. But the caveat is I would rather go on a trip and shoot the animal that, or fulfill the, the uh, reason for being on the trip the last evening. Everybody mm-hmm. says, oh, it's down to the last evening, the last wire to build suspense. But I actually would that last morning, midday, evening fill my tag because I don't want to go home empty-handed. But at the same point in time, if we've booked off nine days to go elk hunting and day two I shoot a big old bull. I don't want to go home, honestly. I, it's, <laughs> I don't want to go home, but at some point in time, if you're just kind of twiddling your fingers, it's like, well... I'm, I'm going to go be productive doing because I'm yeah. the guy to always be, I've got to have well, something to yeah. do. Yeah.
1: And all the suspense is gone mm-hmm. because now you know what you're going to shoot. You don't have to worry about what you're going to shoot. And so, yeah, just kind of.
0: And I think that yeah. would transition into fishing is if you went, I'm going to go to this lake. And in the first 15 minutes there, let's say it's not a, it's not a lake right by our house. Let's say it's across state. Sure. First 15 minutes there, you're tagged out and you're there you got for a two limit days. And you're
1: just like, well,
0: now what? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different
1: just because, you know, let's say I go to Keyhole for a week. Even if I have a limit of fish or whatever, I can catch and release, right? So there's that, you know, I can still fish for a picture, but it's definitely in hunting, it, there's a finality to filling your tag. There's mm-hmm. no catch and release in hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, once you've punched that tag, you're done. Yep. And yeah, there's definitely kind of a letdown after that in in a way, mm-hmm. right? Cuz the excitement of that's over and then the reality, like especially with Elkening, the reality sets in of the work that comes next.
0: Uh, yeah. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, as far as equipment, I guess if somebody wanted to get into a little bit of self-filming. I'm not talking high-level production TV stuff here. I'm talking somebody wants to maybe create their own memory What would be your suggestion as far as something just beginner level, entry level? Hey, I want to just start. I mean, we all have these cell phones now. How do they compare to some of the other stuff that's out there price wise, quality wise?
2: I guess people that are just kind of doing it like myself. Obviously, there's people that film with the red setups and everything. And that's that is beyond me by any means. And anybody that's under that, I I feel like there's two people that I've noticed. Some people are filming with like Sony Handycams, like what I film with, and then people that are filming with DSLRs. So I like my Sony Handycam. The one I have now is pretty expensive, but it has the ability to rit- to zoom. I mean, when we spotted that Ram and we saw him from how far away was that? Because I a little over a mile, mile and a half. I've gone back on the footage for the following morning when we filmed that Ridge and you can see him on the foot. If you know where he is, maybe you might not pick him out from just looking at it, but you can see him. Whereas the DSLR stuff has a lot wider range, wider range with lenses and stuff, but you're not going to get that, um, that that zoom far quality with it so i've found that that's been pretty awesome for me the first one i bought i filmed the trip and we went to europe and hunted road deer a couple years ago and i filmed that whole trip with one that cost me i think it was like 1700 bucks and i so i don't really have anything experience wise with something less than that really but to me and even looking back on that for what i'm doing now i would almost feel bad about someone paying me to come film their with that camera just because of what i've been able to do with the new one that i have so but but honestly it worked fine and i think that when it comes to those more expensive ones that one wasn't super. Super great in low light, but um, middle of the day, evening stuff, it did fine. It did pretty good job for what we want. And I think that if you're really trying to tell a good story, it's not so much maybe the camera. It's the kind of shots that you get, and it's the way that you tell the story. Because if there's one thing that's true about hunters on watching stuff on YouTube— Hunters will watch garbage. <laughs> <laughs> hunters Hunters will watch if it's if it's a video of something that they're interested in, they'll watch it and it doesn't mm. matter if you filmed it with <laughs> I mean a flip phone, they'll watch it. Content so. is a little more important exactly. than pixels. For exactly. But I honestly think like any DSLR that is a decent size decent price, but well, you don't have to spend a ton of money, but I think for if you were willing to put a thousand dollars into a camera, you could do a pretty good job with it. So
1: Yeah, and the technology's come so far. Mm-hmm. Like I look at the new iPhone and what yeah. it can do with the cameras that are just built into a phone. It's kinda yeah. crazy.
2: It's getting to be pretty
1: crazy. I mean, you compare that to ten years ago and it's like, mm. wow. Yeah. I mean, there's been just an extremely yeah big jump in the tech world as far as that goes. But I wanted to ask you about editing because Now I'm doing editing on podcasting. And one of the things you don't think about when you get into something, maybe as much is the editing and the time and the things that come with that. So talk a little bit about that with
2: the video. That's definitely been my biggest learning curve. The first video I made, I made with iMovie, which does an okay job, honestly. For what you're trying to do mm-hmm. but now that i'm really getting into i'm being a lot more mindful of the shots i'm getting on the on, with the camera to begin with so the the shots the cut the cutting them up the the color scheming the things like that on there um i've been using adobe premiere pro and final cut pro depending on what you kind of want to get out of it but honestly those adobe premiere is what a lot of bigger fancier companies use to make stuff that you see on tv so sure and that's um, like
0: annual membership kind of deal or can you download that software that was a download, a one time deal and i think I
2: can't remember how much Adobe was, but I just paid like 300 bucks for Final Cut Pro to be able to use those. And and honestly, I don't know that you could ever, if you sat down and did it all day, every day, Instead, because I'm trying to film and edit. that's I want to do both ends of it. And if you just sat down and did the editing part as a full-time job every day, you'd probably learn all the nicks and crannies in those programs. But there's always something more that you can figure out, something that you didn't know it was there. I hop on YouTube all the time just saying, hey, how can I do this on Adobe Premiere? And it pops it up and I'll learn how to do a new skill on there. So,
0: that's the beautiful part of, about capitalism is, you know, I get to go do something for a job that I want to do and yeah. I can start becoming a, an expert and a professional in my field. But then I can turn around to someone like you and be like, hey, I got this sheep hunt I go on. I don't want to. Could yeah. I have picked up a camera and tried to lug it around and, and sell film? Yes, but I'm yeah. notoriously bad with technology. Patrick will uh, attest to that. I've well, I
2: think one thing too is like when I begin going to trade shows and stuff and I, I've heard it in regards to like hunting trips elsewhere in the world maybe and I've heard it in regard to working in the outdoors is I've heard so many people with a, like a never, that could never be me attitude. Uh, I've heard that a ton of times. And in my mind, I was just like, well, yeah, if you're going to compare yourself to, you know, Jim Shockey or somebody, obviously you're never even going to start, you know, if you don't think you can get there. Well, I was in my mind, I was kind of like, well, I know it's going to be awful (laughs) at first, but I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to try to get better the next time and try to get better the next time and the next time. So, and, and hopefully, hopefully always continue that. And in my mind, it was never so much looking at somebody or something and saying, I could never be that good. It was like, well, let me see if I could at least get that good. You know, I don't know. And I'm not trying to be a millionaire or anything like that. But if I could pay my mortgage and have a little bit left over getting to go hunting and guiding and filming, then that's a pretty good way to live.
1: Yeah. And talk about the time it takes when you do sit down to edit, because one of the things that I find is you're always finding things that you want to fix or finding something that you want to change up or so talk a little bit about that because i know like for a podcast you let's say you record an hour you probably spend two
2: to three hours in Mm -hmm. editing
0: to end up with 30 minutes of 30 to 45 minutes
2: of good good stuff yeah most of my videos on youtube are around 15 minutes and i would say probably i would say probably close to the an hour per minute time range of editing in there. Now, one thing that I've been getting better at in that regard is making sure that I have footage that maybe doesn't need as much work today. You know, we filmed some stuff from bow spider and I think David might've been getting a little tired of me trying to say, Oh, hold on. Let's get that again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, restart. Let's film that over. Cause I, you know, I'm starting to catch things that it's like, I don't want to sit down on my computer with that. I'd rather do it again it'll save me some time in the, in the future. Well, and
1: it makes your client happier too, because
2: at the end of the day, you get something better. Exactly. And what I've been trying to start doing is just say people, somebody hires me and they want a video within the X amount of time range. And I'll just tell them, well, for that time range, I'm just going to charge for this many hours of editing. And if I go overboard that, that screws myself, you know? So if, if I undercut it by, and I usually don't undercut it by a lot, I usually get it pretty close, but If I end up having trouble with something and it takes me longer, then that's that's money out of my pocket. So it just is more encouragement to really kind of learn those tips and tricks that just make things go smoother. But uh, typically it's taken me about about an hour per minute of video to do a really good job. So
0: those really good videos, you know, you can go look at the Bow Spider commercial. It looks simplistic, simple, you know, it's just elegant and smooth mm-hmm. is the, the word I'm looking for. It's a smooth video, it's less mm-hmm. than two minutes. There was a lot of work that went into yeah. that two minute video. Video is so much
1: harder than audio because audio is part of the video. So you you, you have two components that are very different and you know, they take different kinds of editing. And you got to put it all together to make it look good and sound good and come out to be something someone's actually going to want to. Yeah. come back to again and yeah. be like "Ooh, what what did
2: Joe put out there today that I can watch? Yeah and I, recently I've started to get those multiple camera angles but then taking the audio out of it and trying to flip back and forth between camera angles but it's the same audio so that's taking tough, those right? new ones and matching them up <laughs> that's been kind of a challenge sometimes but yeah you don't want your audio to not match your <laughs> no
0: it looks really dumb <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a couple of foreign movies that the, the audio doesn't match with <laughs> the lips and I just laugh the whole way There's through. a voice going out but no lips <laughs> yes yes so, and back to you know the uh, the first time you get to experience something that's the best is mm. i remember saturday morning cartoons getting up and watching transformers yeah i loved transformers in the in the 80s i'm dating myself a little bit but i'm still young enough those were good times i go watch the new transformers movies with the kid and i'm kind of like yeah the cartoon is way better go back and watch that cartoon dude it's like 2d pixel box <laughs> it's, so running. it's it's it is really bad but when you're a kid it's really good <laughs> i was i i was blown away and, and fooled so yeah. but that's the way doll sheep hunting in alaska is that's the way africa is that's the way the, the fishing trip for the golden dorado is gonna be right your 10th trip for dorado it's like yeah you go here you do this you go up the river you meet this tribe and you, the first time It's a whole new world. That's what I kind of, Joe and I are a little bit of a kindred spirit is he just wants to go on the next adventure, next adventure, next adventure. Now, sometimes I want to go back and yeah, I caught a lot of good fish in this hole. let's go fish it again, right? Because it was fun.
2: That's like my downfall as a hunter is if I've been, so even just up around where I live, if I've hunted this drainage before, well, I kind of want to go see what that drainage is like over there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like most of the success I've had hunting was pure luck. (laughs) It had nothing to do with me you know, patterning an area out and really learning those animals. It had everything to do with me seeing nothing most days, but I saw some new country. And then a few times it was like, oh man, there we go. And something was on the ground. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. That's the way
1: fishing is too. I mean, if you consistently go to the same spot, Mm -hmm. you never learn the reservoir or the lake or the river or whatever. So you have to go pound around and, you know, look under rocks Mm -hmm. and go check things out. And otherwise you don't learn it.
2: Yep, exactly. And that was kind of one thing we were in Alaska too. And we were sitting there one day day, and David was kind of like, why are you here? (laughs) 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 And I was like, well, you know, and that was, it was kind of a question based off of a former conversation. He was just like, what is your why? Like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? Why is this important to you? And I was like, well, you know, good Lord made a big old earth. And I feel like I want to see all of it, all of it, all of it. And, uh, that's why I'm here. You know, I've never been here before. And that was why, you know, when we went and hunted in Europe a couple of years ago, I was like, I wanted to go. I actually had a different trip in mind. We, my wife has kind of gotten into hunting since we got married. She didn't grow up doing anything. So she wanted to come and it was like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll, I was wanted to go hunt her in the Caucasus mountains in Asia. That's one of the steepest mountain ranges in the world. So I was like, yeah, okay, well, we might find something else. But if I'm a big fan of deer species, if it's got antlers, I want to hunt it. So we went and hunted a row of deer and it was just, uh, just to see a different place. And uh, maybe the place itself isn't that majestic. We were hunting in a forest, but um, it was also in Germany, you know, so that was cool. It was just see different way of doing things, different people, different cultures and traditions and a different animal. That was that's kind of what I'm all about. So if it's if it's an opportunity to go somewhere new and see something, something I haven't seen before, that's what I want. so.
0: So if you had to pick one weapon, one species... Oof. for the rest of your life. Oof. What would it be? Yeah, I'm a big fan
2: of mule deer. That's that's kind of what I like. We time. hear that a lot. <laughs> I'm a really big fan of mule deer and the weapon thing is uh I re- my dad gave me a 270 Winchester when I was 10 and I still have it. I still have the he made me kill a bunch of things with iron sights before he let me put out a scope on it, but I got a scope on it when I was in, oh, I think I was in eighth or ninth grade when I finally got a scope put on it, and it's still on there, and it's just a straight up loophole scope, and I've got a lot of buddies that are like, oh man, you need this turret or whatever, and I'm, I, all that's cool, you know, I'm sure it works awesome, but I don't like to shoot very far, it's not really my thing, I'd like to get to 300 yards, that's kind of my, just me, personally, that's what I, when I'm hunting, I want to get to 300, it makes me feel like I accomplished that, you know, so mule deer with my with the 270 Winchester that would probably be the way I'd go forever if you made me pick
1: <laughs> you you and I use the same rifle except for I use a Ruger version of that oh yeah with the Leopold scope yep. and it's a model 77 Ruger and I've yeah.
0: killed lots of stuff with it yeah I, I love it and yep
2: that's what I use I'm taking it to Africa with me it's going to be I think it's going to be just fine wherever I go yep. so you
0: guys load for those rifles or are you just buying I Back don't
2: I don't maybe I'm a weirdo I guess but all my I, everyone I know do you load
1: no, I don't. But I have a lot of friends that do.
2: Yeah, wow. I'm like, there's a box at the store. At well, the maybe store. not right now. <laughs> yeah, not at the moment. There's not. I, luckily, I have you know a decent amount. But it's like, <laughs> I kind of people look at me funny when I say that. But I'm like, it's it's over there. It's done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you think
0: about you know if you're serious about it and you shoot all. The yeah, thing, it totally sure. makes sense. Makes but. sense. Yeah, so I got into some of the uh, bigger calibers, and yeah, once you step into hundred dollar box ammo, it's yeah. it, it's pretty simple to. It
2: would be w- beneficial, yeah. Did. I think wanting to go elsewhere on the globe, I feel like maybe I could use something else other than a two cent winch. I, in my mind, you know, I've always kind of wanted a three forty Weatherby. So if I made that happen, I'd probably reload for that, but. Other than that,
0: Jack O'Connor will tell you you're wrong. Just take your 270. Take your two seventy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. that is true. It's such a good gun. <laughs> I I mean the problems I've had. I you know I think there's people everywhere that'll call any caliber a tracking gun. You know I've there's people that hate anything. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the problems I've had with it were definitely because of me. You know they weren't because of.
0: Well, from my guiding ahead. days, I'll, I disdain a client that shows up with a brand new. Three hundred whatever, mm-hmm. three seven five H and I don't care what it is. Yeah, you know they 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 took their old reliable. They've been shooting for twenty five years. And they, oh, I'm going on a Western guided elk hunt. Mm-hmm. I got to get me a three. I, you just have to. Yep. And some guys do it right, and they go get it, and they go to the range, and they're dialed and they're ready to go. But I'd rather you show up with that. 260, 280, 270, 30-06, 308, something that's still a legal caliber, but something you can accurately shoot and are comfortable with, then you show up with this magnum monster caliber that you're scared of and you haven't shot. And well, I need it for elk. And that's just elk will die to a 243. And I
1: guarantee that. I was just about to say that. I would rather see someone shooting a 243 that doesn't make them flinch than a 7 mag that makes them flinch really bad and then they make a yeah. bad shot. Yeah. Now,
0: with the 243, you're talking two, 300 yards premium yeah. bullets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. 7 mag, right bullets, right shooter, way further than that. Yeah. But again, in the archery realm, I have static targets out to a little over 100 yards. Yeah. I like to be 18 yards if I can get it, but I'll take 30.
2: <laughs> yeah, I even, if I'm not very, I'm pretty new to bow hunting. So even if it's like past 30, I'm still not that comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only killed one thing with it. And that was a black bear that I had just happened to end up 15 yards from. And it was, there was no skill involved. It just ended up being that close to me. So that was, it was kind of, I mean, it was a good accomplishment, I guess. But at the same time, it just kind of handed to me.
1: But So do you have any big, you know, trips on the, on the horizon? I mean, you talked about Africa,
2: right? So yeah. So. An African trip. Uh, I'm actually going to go down to Texas um, after we get back to hunt some axis does and then make a little video out of that. And then uh, I'm filming a mountain lion hunt for somebody next month, which will be a pretty cool trip. That that probably is the number two epic hunts on my experience list was my mountain lion hunt. So I'm pretty excited for that. And then, what state for the mountain? Montana. Montana. Yeah, we'll be in Montana. And then I've got some spring bear and a couple turkey things lined up to film as well. But then, yeah, Africa is kind of the next thing that I'm really looking forward to that for myself for hunting. So it'll be a new experience. It, like I said, it's kind of a quick trip. I know you've been down there before, and I don't know. It's not exactly a epic backpack adventure, but I'm looking forward to seeing the variety of game animals. So
0: It's, you know, if you've never been, it's a place you just... Again, you don't need to go pull the trigger. Mm. Uh, I despised, we did the photo safari thing for like one day. Mm. I think we went into the Limpopo Mm. National Park on the Zambezi just because we were there and we were driving through over to Victoria Falls. But you know, I would rather go see that animal out on the landscape in its environment than in one of those photo safari parks where they basically follow the truck around and get Mm -hmm. fed or whatever. It just, there was, there was something tainted about driving through that photo safari park Mm -hmm. and seeing kudu 20 yards off the road that are are not scared of a vehicle or humans. And then I just had spent eight days trying to harvest a kudu yeah. and this you, you one twig breaks and the whole herd runs away versus these things. I mean, you're, yeah. you're leaning outside the, yeah. The, Scratching them on the head. Oh, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. but I mean, as far as just going different places and experiencing, like I said, you don't have to, the experience is in the journey, not yeah. the harvest. Now the harvest is the cherry on top. That's the bonus. I want to climb the same mountain that, you know, mountain climbers do. Mm-hmm. I want to get up there and take a picture of me on the summit, and we did that a couple times. We did do that a couple in times. the Brooks Range. I was a little nervous. Yeah, there was one or two that, <laughs> like the 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 leeward side was a, a 500 foot straight. Yeah, it was overhung cliff face, so it wasn't even straight vertical. It was beyond vertical, and we kind of leaned over the edge, and uh, Joe really got a little woozy, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. And what you don't know is because we're just walking up the spine of this ridge well, where's a weak spot and there's going to be a rock, not yeah. slide, but it What's was underneath you. <laughs> yeah. How, how yeah. overhung is this? Yeah. So, but I got there, I took the picture and then mm-hmm. I looked around and said, okay, yeah. Wh- what can I hunt here?
2: And the, the, I think the important part about that is the pictures and the, the, why I enjoy videoing is cause I want to tell the story. You know, it's important to me to be able to put it on YouTube and people can, cause not, I mean, honestly, not everybody's going to be able to experience things like that. So to me, it's like, if I'm lucky enough to be able to do things like this, I want to share it with people. And you know, our YouTube channel's growing a lot and I get messages messages all the time from people. And even if it's, you know, an antelope hunt or a whitetail hunt, there's people around the world that don't get to do that. So it's kind of a cool thing for me to be able to at least get people to see. And it and it's kind of cool if you, if you know somebody too, if you know the person that went and did it, it almost makes it cooler to watch. So that's why I like meeting people and making cool videos is be able to get a text message from somebody that has my number and can hit me up and say, Hey, just watched your video. It was pretty cool. You know? So
0: we, we got a little footage of me climbing that spine and yeah. we, we had, my dad was a little tired. We'd climbed majority of the way to the highest peak that was around us, yeah, a little yep. over 6000 feet, and we were 200 feet from the summit, 150 feet, and we dad lay down for a midday nap and there was some sheep right below us we'd film, but just just lambs and ewes and I turned to Joey and said, "You know what? Dad's <laughs> got his boots off and his jacket over his head sleeping and his feet are just bloody, right? Like he's pretty well done unless we spot a ram somewhere." I just want to go to the top of this thing, and so you're going to get to come go when this film comes out and be in my pocket when I stand and peer over this. And it's a, there's a little bit of a pucker factor when you're. Yeah, it was big. I didn't <laughs> want to <go> up. <laughs> It was pucker big. factor of yeah. ten.
2: When you were like, let's go up there
0: inside of me. I'm not going to lie. Part of me was like, oh my gosh,
2: why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now that you've been there and done it and have yeah. it on film, yeah,
2: it was awesome. It was awesome.
0: I mean, I'm going to get to look back on that when I'm. Got my walker and my dentures and go. Yeah. See, see, kids, <laughs> I was there. I can do it. Yeah.
1: So you know, if someone wanted to take you and do a filmed hunt or mm-hmm. fishing trip or whatever it might be, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Uh, so on our web, we have on Facebook quite quite a few big following on Facebook, so people can message us there. We're on. Um, it's actually bluecreek-outdoors.com. so we have a way on there you can get a hold of us, and it kind of gives you our day rates and things like that, and be able to come with you and what's going that's going to entail. So cool um social media things like that and
1: then of course on youtube you just type in blue creek outdoors and you're there
2: yep it'll be on there we've got you know there's people sometimes that when they have something filmed they're cool with us throwing it up there or a lot of it's just our own stuff When we don't have anything else scheduled we take a camera and go do stuff on our own so it's always a good way to practice
0: we're getting ready to go to arizona and go chase some javelina here pretty quick and i've always i mean not that javelina is you know the greatest biggest grandest adventure ever but i just for some reason I've been intrigued. I've never really hunted that part of the desert. Never been, you know, I think I've driven to Arizona like once, twice, so.
2: The cool part for me is like, there's, in, especially in our part of the country, there's nothing going on right now, really, unless you're into waterfowl hunting. So to me, it's, you know, I'm always on the hunt for like, what, what could we go do?
0: And I'm using this as, as an excuse to go scout for coos deer because, yeah. well, it's been over publicized, popularized lately, but you can grab an over the counter tag. And go archery hunt goose deer down there during the rut.
2: There's not a lot of time, even if you're staying in the lower 48, there's not a lot of time in the year that you couldn't be hunting something, which I think is awesome.
0: (laughs) But I think Patrick would say in in the U.S., there's not a lot of time you can't be fishing something.
1: That's the best thing about
0: fishing. (laughs) You can do it anytime (laughs) you want to
1: do it, pretty much. I mean, the only time, you know, some states have different closures for different fisheries for spawning and things like that, but... Wyoming is pretty wide
0: open. I don't know. In the spring, I, I've done the turkey thing, and, yes, that is a, that is akin as close to elk hunting as you'll get. But the other thing that a lot of people do is the shed hunting, and I, I kind of feel like shed hunting is just a participation trophy for <laughs> poor hunters. <laughs> well, I'm poor at shed hunting, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> <about it. laughs>
2: I'm with you. I think that one of those summertime, springtime one of my favorite things to do is go up to those super high lakes and catch. Not, they're not even that very big, but just little brookies and stuff that are up there.
0: We and have uh, no no lakes like that in Wyoming. Yeah. And they definitely don't have fish in In, in Montana,
2: <laughs> I like to do that. You know, I fish the big lakers, and, you know, I fish in the Gulf of Mexico once or twice, and it's that's always pretty cool. But honestly, one of my favorite things in the world is to go sit on a kayak and just reel in little 7-inch brookies all day long. It's one of my favorite things I to do. I can do, do so. that
1: for about five minutes, and then I'm like, okay, where's the big fish at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it's it's
1: fun. I I did a little trip. We did an episode on it in the Wind Rivers and that's mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. I just have, you know, that itch. That Could every a big one. Yeah, it's it's just always been in me. Yeah. I want to try to find the biggest one I can find. Yeah. I mean, you, it's just a progression thing, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, it it's hopefully you guys will get down to Arizona and have a good time, get some cool film. Mm-hmm. Um now the film on the doll sheep hunt that'll be coming out soon. I'm assuming. Yeah, here in the next few weeks. Awesome, be getting it. That'll be cool. Away, so we'll definitely share that out. I wanna, I wanna check that out. I'm pretty interested in that. Now that I've heard so much about it, I yeah. wanna actually see it. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it's a lot of editing, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we walked out of there with about seven and a half hours of
0: footage. So <laughs> holy smokes. So there's 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 a lot of hours that somebody's been clicking through and looking through and but i just appreciate having you on board as far as coming and doing this stuff coming to the podcast you yeah, know i'm you excited guys. to see where blue creek outdoors goes and you know want to hear more about the journey of just mm-hmm. hunting yeah. and fishing and being out the doors you know my one thought though is yeah i've, I've done a few of these hunts and have a few trophies on the wall mm. patrick would say more than a few but i i know guys that have more than me so mm. It's never enough, but there's one photo and I'll, I'll we'll even put it in the show notes of me and my boy with a doe antelope, mm. right? It's a doe antelope. And if, if you haven't hunted antelope or you're listening outside of the local region here, you know, we, we call them prairie maggots. I, I, I still think they're one of the neatest, coolest creatures. Yeah. I, I love antelope. They're one of my right? favorites to hunt. Absolutely favorite, but they're very prolific in Wyoming. Mm. We, we probably hit as many with a vehicle as we do harvest <laughs> with hunting. Yeah. And so it's not a particularly difficult tag, a doe antelope tag to fill. It's just, it's not a, this isn't weeks of investment and time and and high difficulty. So I take my boy with me and we did the stock and this and that. And he was super excited. And I finally left him with my buddy and I stalked in finally. And, you know, spot and stock with a bow is not very often. And it happens Well, he was sitting with my buddy and I did about a 200 yard belly crawl and got up and antelope came through and I got one. And my boy was super excited and he had his little knife on his hip and his belt. And so that encompassing trip right there, it was 15 minutes from our house and it was one afternoon, right? There wasn't a lot of investment on my part, but the reward from that type of trip, I've got that photo and you know what? I, I could go shoot a 400 inch bowl, or we can go golden Dorado fishing, or we could go to Africa and I could get species X, Y, or Z. But those memories, those trips, that photo that i have on the wall it's just a little three by five photo i look at that it's on my desk and you know a little five-year-old hunter son of mine has his arm around my neck and that that speaks to what you're doing is you're taking Uh, that memory and you're putting it in film to be you know last forever
2: yeah that's that's the what is the core purpose and the, the soul of the mission right there is my my wife had never hunted before we went to germany before so her first her first ever kill was a road deer over in Germany and it's all on film. And I, I don't, you know, maybe it's me knowing my wife better, but just watching that film on the computer after the fact, it was like, I can kind of see that transition from being there because she wanted to spend more time with me. And then there was like a click, like a light bulb, I guess, where she's starting to kind of get into it for her own reasons and want to be there. She wants to be there, not just because I'm there, but it's something that she enjoys doing. So it's kind of interesting when you talk about the kids first times and or an adult that's more mature and older getting into it for the first time too. But I think it's the same light bulb. I think it's the same fire that kind of gets sparked. So
0: I wouldn't say you get desensitized to it, (coughs) but it definitely, it becomes not mundane, but just routine, right? Mm. If you're all the time going out and, slaying big walleye and we talked about this before or if you're you're lucky enough to live in Dubois and your dad takes you and by the time you're 18 you've killed four or five big six point bull elk you know the difference of you if you're raised back east or even in a non-hunting family Mm -hmm. getting to go out and get that first harvest or go catch that first walleye and I would I would rather see my son start with small game fish pan fish right and then Mm -hmm. work his way up into big game fish and then go okay well I've caught a trout now I don't want to catch a salmon. Okay, mm-hmm. well, we can catch sockeye local and then then move into, hey, I'm going to go with dad in my teenage years to Alaska and go target 50-pound kings, right? Mm. There's that progression in size and difficulty and just depth of adventure that yeah. I think everybody needs to just keep in mind. And some days it's, it's okay to go catch three panfish. Yeah, absolutely. And that's waterfowling, trapping, duck hunting, yeah. wh- whatever it might be. You know, sometimes I just like to, you'll, you'll catch me in, in, when I was in my teenage years, I had to be the one catching the fish. I had to be the one shooting the duck, <laughs> right? When we're hiking up the trail, I had to be 20 yards in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with sitting back and leaning my shotgun against the sagebrush and letting the guy next to me that maybe hasn't shot as many ducks. Hey, your turn. And I just want to watch. You, you talked about that. I don't have to be the trigger puller all the time anymore. I just want to go. I want to yeah. be part of it. I just want to
2: be the one handing you an SD card that's going to last you forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
0: you're in the right, the right profession. Though. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and really like the hat, so thank you.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, no um, problem. Appreciate you definitely it. have to go check out Joe's hats. There's a Blue Creek Outdoors hat that he brought in for us that's pretty darn sharp. <laughs> and so you can go to, to what, your website to pick yep. that up? Yep, our
2: so, website. So. Yep,
1: so go to his website, check that out, and <clears throat> definitely recommend you hire him. Take him on a trip. If you're doing an epic trip, you know, maybe you're going to Alaska for a fishing trip. Maybe you're going on a, on a hunt up in Montana, Wyoming, wherever, you know, let Joe know and take him along and he can make a memory for you. So that's pretty You're cool. You're going to have
0: to work it around my schedule because I get first dibs. <laughs> that's right. Dibs. We, we get first dibs. So. <laughs>
1: but, again, thanks for coming on the show. And, um, again, go out there, check out Blue Creek Outdoors, follow them on their socials, check out their YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button because I know how big that is for YouTubers. And then on the Radcast side, definitely check us out on the socials. Go to radcastoutdoors.com. We've got new content all the time, whether it be podcasts or
0: recipes or whatever it might be. So definitely go check that out. I do have one more question for Joe. Do it. What is your favorite recipe? Something you either cook or prepare or go out out in the field and procure and outdoors-related I mean yeah. you, and you can't say doll sheep tenderloin over the fire because that's not realistic. That wasn't even fair, yeah. But was, it was good.
2: It was. That was on my birthday. That was the best birthday dinner I've ever.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. He, he he did tell his wife that and I don't they're still married so it must have gone <laughs> yeah, yeah, over okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I honestly think um, a deer backstrap just uh, grilled to 130 in the middle. That might be that might be tough to beat for me. I really enjoy that too. So, and as far as readily accessible, I have it usually, and uh, something I can go grab when I'm in the mood for a good meal. So that's usually what I
0: grab. So minimal seasoning and just grilled to one thirty. Yeah,
2: I I I'm partial to not touching it, but you know, my wife puts ketchup on it, and that might be the biggest strain on our marriage right now. So. <laughs> It's that, the one hiccup we're dealing with at the moment. Oh boy. We might have to go see somebody. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I throw a ribeye on your plate and you throw ketchup on it, there, there might be blows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're working through it. May, maybe, I don't know, but we'll see. So, but no, I just uh, wanted to say thank you to you guys for having me on here. I've listened to every episode and I was excited to be here. So, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, of course. So yeah.
1: well, it's great to have you. And, uh, Again, everybody go out and support Joe. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you guys doing Thanks. Awesome.
0: Bradcast. we got to go. We, I got to go Lena hunting. So, you know, while, while I'm gone, you guys go listen to all the other episodes. You, <laughs> there's a bunch out there. I don't want to hear about, hey, you're not putting out new content. Go re-listen to that old stuff. <laughs> and then if you need more, go to PK Lures and go get a lure and go fishing for yourself. That's
1: right. Definitely support PK Lures. Get out there and do some
2: fishing.
0: All right. Bye, guys. See ya.